Oh, 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 a mic check. You got the mic check. Uh, I think I'm starting to go a little crazy. I've been in a bad mood before and went out there and rocked it. And he has no eyebrows. And he had two hot chicks fighting over him. They were two hot crazy chicks, but they were, but they were, they were two good-looking girls. That story should read Jordan hits yada yada, yada yada fucking two-pieced him after he hit him. You don't hit somebody and let them hit you. That's a fucking fight. I was too, the I was too young to care about the Gulf War. I definitely was, was in on the OJ train, but the Gulf War, I was like, this is pictures of night sky with like really cool lit up bullets. With like, yeah. like, Why are those bullets lit up? Hello and welcome to Chooch Chat, the only podcast that knows its opinions of the real issues do not matter. I am Tony Giamichael, your host, and we are again without our co-host, Zach Finch, who is still in another place quarantine the fuck up um as you guys know he is uh you know in another place because we got the covid lockdown episode still happening and it's a big fucking pain in the ass hold on i'm still checking these mics i thought i checked them fine but they're popping a little bit maybe there maybe that's better um <clears throat> yeah that's, that's better i think it's better who the fuck knows uh it's harder with one person to do this shit especially since i don't know what the hell i'm talking about when I'm uh, doing, when I'm checking these mics. Sorry, I'm tired again. It's been a long week. Today is uh, Thursday night. Uh, the, what? What is it, the 7th? I don't know. I think it's the 7th and um, of May. And uh, yeah, I'm just getting, just getting, running myself ragged here um, with work, uh, you know, trying to get myself to bed and early here's the here's the thing uh everything has changed drastically for all of us our schedules and i'm still learning how to deal with my with, with my new schedule and learning how to add my newly found ambition <laughs> uh to that new that new schedule and so i'm juggling how to uh how to handle it all and uh and 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 how to uh uh put it all together in one day without going crazy cuz right now uh i think i'm starting to go a little crazy i go to bed try to get to bed around 10 if i if i can't get to bed around 10 i don't, I don't think i get enough sleep cuz i'm one of those guys where it takes me about an hour or 2 hours to fall asleep and you know, I'm filling my day like I said I was. You know, I'm, I'm and I don't like missing days. If I miss days, I get really angry at myself, and that keeps me up at night too. And missing days with could be with playing guitar or uh, just reading, uh, just studying a language. Um, yeah, you know, worrying about worrying about the podcast and things we can do to make it better. Oh, oh yeah. By the way, for all those new listeners out there, a uh, big thank you, uh, and uh, please subscribe. If if you haven't already, uh, but yeah, your, your your support definitely helps, and it definitely helps me and Zach um, to keep this going. Yeah, so we're having a lot of fun doing it. But yeah, uh, I'm definitely tired. I'm definitely getting tired. Uh, so I was discussing with my wife earlier how how I can better do this, and uh, I think what's going to happen is I'm just going to have to start waking up earlier. <laughs> I'm gonna start waking up earlier, get my workouts done in the morning, my yoga done in the morning, and uh, uh, then I gotta I gotta give myself a day off, 
to uh, do um, day off from all the other stuff, do work on a business plan that uh, I haven't been putting enough time into, and uh, a, a good day off uh, from the rest of your ambitions to focus on uh, something that's something else. Another piece of, of of your ambition is probably a good idea at this point, and she thinks so too. Especially considering it's a it'll be a business plan for for us in the future, and will help and help us out in the future. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I wanted to start the podcast uh, out with talking about Facebook and social media posts, and uh, and you know me going through and looking at some of the posts from friends and families and uh you know i get a little worried about the people out there what they're saying what they're posting and you guys know if you've ever talked to me before i fucking hate social media uh in general i hate social media um i think it could be a pretty un- unhealthy thing um but it can also uh show you maybe a little bit of warning signs for people who are going through a hard time. And I'm seeing a lot of that right now. And I'm seeing a lot of anxiety right now on Facebook. And, uh, um, it's a hard thing for me to juggle with, man, in my mind, because I don't know how to take it and how to respond to it. Cause it's not actually communicating to me, you know, communicating to me is either face to face or picking up the phone and calling and, uh, or, or maybe even a text. Um, the, the Facebook post thing, tweets, it's kind of just vomiting out into the world. And uh, I don't know if you're actually asking for help or if you're just trying to get something off your chest. I don't know if I should be even thinking about it uh, so much. Um, but I guess there's positives and negatives to it. Mostly what I want to say is if you're struggling out there and you need help, reach out. Actually reach out. Pick up the phone and call. Because uh, some of us might be confused and some of us might not even know if it's the right thing to do to call. Um, but definitely call or definitely reach out personally to, to, to some of your closest friends so that they, they can give you the hand that you might need. Because I know this time is, is crushing some people. Uh, the time off of work and the time um, the time to yourself, the time to your thoughts. You know, Some of us don't have the healthiest, the healthiest thoughts. But yeah, I'm generally not a fan of fa- I, you know I don't like it's it's tough. It, it, it's I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to figure it out right now. I just I, this is fucking shoot chat. Just trying to figure it out while I'm spewing into this fucking mic as I usually do. Just putting my thoughts straight into the microphone. Yeah, there is a positive to it. So you feel like you're communicating with someone, and and so that people can see see how you're doing. But there's there's so much. There's so much it's, it gets so convoluted on uh, you know on on there and there's some thoughts I'm sorry I just feel like they should be private I I, I feel like it's it's just you're just putting way too much on there whether you're happy whether you're sad I, I just feel like people put way too much on there it just causes more problems and more grief ugh I really feel like it does more bad than good. And even being this connected with the news, with everything, and just people sharing the news, I I even think that's fucking healthy. 
Christ, I feel like a little ignorance would fucking make us, uh, at least uh, mentally, uh, a, a little healthier. A little, a little less anxiety even before the uh, the uh, coronavirus hit. It, it, it would it was it would have gave us a little less anxiety to be a little more ignorant about what's going on in the fucking world, you know. Um, used to be just just our community, our communities, just our town, our city, our state, our country. But now it's everyone's town, everybody's city, everyone's fucking state, everyone's fucking country. Um, I, I don't know if we're capable of being able to handle that on a day to day basis. The amount of news, whether it's good or bad, coming at you, you know, being able to keep up with other people's lives to such a degree that you know every little detail about them, or you think you know every every little detail about them, you know, it's just a poor way of communicating too, especially politically, which it seems like most of this stuff just is mostly revolves around politics. There's no room for any gray area. It's just, it's like people have adapted to the fact that, like, you have this much space to explain yourself and you can't be objective. So explain yourself in this much space. Facebook can be a little better. Gives you a little more space, like a tweet, you know, you know Twitter. I can't remember how many characters it is. Um, So it's limited. Facebook, get a little more space. You can kind of, kind of yammer on and on, but, a little, but if you keep going, no one's going to fucking listen. Because you're just making a post on Facebook. Because <laughs> nobody really gives that much of a shit. The whole, it, see, it, it's, a, it's fucking, it's a catch-22. The whole, it's, the whole thing's so fucking dumb. Hold on, I gotta fix the mics again. They're, they're a little hot. Hello, hello, check, check, check. Yeah, so. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I've I've been thinking about it for the past few days about Facebook and Twitter and what friends and families are putting on, what friends and family members of mine personally are putting on there and uh you know and I'm I'm an ass too I'm on there looking at shit you know get a little free time at work just bust open Facebook every once in a while see what's on there um I'm mostly rolling my eyes but most of the time I'm giving hearts giving hearts and hugs like those and, and likes um because, you know, it does make me miss my friends and family. Whatever. We all know about this fucking shit. We all know it's a fucking, it's all horseshit. Social media. So anyways, if anybody's listening to this and you know me, and you really know me, and you really need someone to talk to, please reach out to me. It's okay. You can talk about anything you want. You can talk about all, all of your anxiety. Just do it for, you know, five minutes, ten minutes. It's totally fine. Uh, I'm friends with you for a reason. If you know me on that level, <laughs> don't want the fucking world calling me right now. I know some people have my numbers and I'm like, I wish they didn't have my number. Uh, but if you know, you know, um, so, uh, moving on. Um, let's talk about something stupid. The bachelor. Drink some of my CBD tea. Except right after this, I'm going to fucking bed. Hold on. Ugh. So I'm still watching The Bachelor with my wife because it's one of the few things that's, uh, that's, I guess, new on TV. You know what I mean? 
new episodes of something. And Jackie and I got this brand new TV. It was like 300 bucks at Costco. It's a big-ass TV. We're watching, like, cable shit again. Or basic cable shit again. So she's she's really happy. She's kind of happy I'm watching this, this show with her, too. So it's kind of making it fun, right? If you've been listening, you know how much I hate this horse shit. Is that the word of the day, horse shit? It is. But <laughs> I'm kind of getting into it, I think. Uh, so where, where should I take off here? Where, 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 where did I leave off and where should I take off? Oh, who knows? Some of these fucking idiots got kicked off the show and some of these fucking idiots stayed. So we got, uh, the, the big thing is the one, Julia, the one everybody hates. Uh, she, she got kicked off after she decided the Julia is the blonde 27 genre pop Wayne, Pennsylvania, um, she decided to leave her partner, Sheridan. So Sheridan leaves the house because you have to have a partner and a musical partner. So Sheridan leaves the house. Julia is left there. And, excuse me. So she finally gets to be with the one that she actually loved and making music with, which was Brandon, who looks like a caveman. And he also looks kind of like The Miz, the wrestler The Miz from WWE. Yeah, if you go to uh, abc.com slash shows slash The Bachelor Presents, listen to your heart, uh, you can look at a picture of him, Brandon. He does look like a caveman in The Miz, and he has no eyebrows. And he had two hot chicks fighting over him. They were two hot, crazy chicks, but they were, but they were, they were two good-looking girls. Um, oh, man, some, some, some people on this show. I'm just looking at their pictures right now. Just fake-ass shit. So, um, they go on to perform, because you have to perform, but right before they perform, the fake French girl, Natasha, who's a really good singer, she asked her partner, Brandon, if Savannah was still there, who would he rather be with? And they made Julia earmuff, and he said Savannah, and then Natasha went and told Julia after the earmuff situation (laughs) that uh, right before she went on, that he would rather be with Savannah. Is it Savannah? Or who was it? Yeah, I think it's Savannah. Am I getting the names wrong? Savannah. Yeah, Savannah. And uh, that really pissed Julia off. And uh, and then she started crying. And then she goes on stage. They bomb. Also, they give them a horrible song. And the producers... You know, here's the fucked up thing. I'll get back to Julia and why she's a piece of shit and why she deserved to get kicked off. The the songs they pick for the for the people, it it totally sways who's gonna move on in this fucking show. Like you can give someone a real dog shit song, and uh, and also the band plays maybe a decent song, uh, really lackluster, you know, really slow, not very upbeat, and uh, and then they give they give somebody that they want to move on something catchier and shit or that something that works for their voices. Or a genre that they like. And uh, and you can tell when it happens too. I mean like man you know. I've been in a bad mood before. And went out there and rocked it. <laughs> you know what I mean. I don't know if these guys have played bigger shows than me or not. You know, No one's ever heard of them either. But I've been in a bad mood. Or sad. Or been in a bad situation. And went out there and had, and had a good show. So I don't necessarily think it's always. A, I, think, I think they manipulate the songs that are played. And the band plays them in a way that the producer wants them to play them in. Um, 
I think they know who they want to get kicked off, and, and, and yeah, I think they manipulated, obviously. Am I saying shit that fucking everybody who, who's ever watched reality shows already knows? I mean, is, is the, have I watched so few reality shows? I'm just saying that everything I'm saying is just like, yep, that's a reality show. Yeah, because I think it fucking is. God, these shows are so infuriating. They're so hard to watch. Anyways, the bitch Julia, who everybody hates, um, she got manipulated by like the queen bee Natasha, the fake French girl. Uh, 33, genre, pop, Los Angeles, California. And um, her and Brandon play a horrible, horrible song. They don't do well. There's so much drama. The girl Julia immediately blames everybody else but herself. She then, after trying to get with Brandon for the entire show, finally gets with Brandon and performs a song with him. Uh, after when, when they're being escorted to, to their Escalades, you know, so they can ride out in style and cry for one last interview. Uh, she throws Brandon in the bus that she never should have been with him. She should have stayed with Sheridan. And I was like, oh man, you know, that's, uh, sorry, not sorry. Bye Felicia. Get the fuck out of here. Um, and for anybody else who's watching this show, Jamie and, uh, her, uh, dumb, dumb boyfriend, Trevor, uh, they're kind of growing on me. They're growing on me. I mean, they're not going to win. I just don't hate him anymore. Because Jamie's 21, genre, pop country, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and Trevor, uh, 29, genre, country pop, Encino, California. Uh, they're just dumb. And they're kind of innocent. Uh, <laughs> like, like they really are. They're really, they're really kind of innocent. Like, I don't, uh, I mean, they're not mean. And I guess that's, that's as close to me liking somebody on this show as somebody who's just not mean. Because they're all mean. They're all just really cruel people, except for uh, Bree and Chris. I think that's everybody's favorites. I think they're the ones that we're rooting for is Bree and Chris. Bree, 28, genre, pop, Provo, Utah. Provo, Provo, Utah. Provo, Utah. Chris, 30, genre, soul, Los Angeles, California. Uh, they're kind of a power couple. It's nice, you know. Bira biracial, no. Mixed couple, whatever. Black guy, white girl. They're both like super sweet, super nice, super in love with each other. Uh, they're totally playing it up. And uh, they're both really good singers, especially the guy Chris. Especially the guy Chris. Um, so I, that's that's a couple I'm rooting for. Happy to see Julia gone with her Neanderthal boyfriend, Brandon. Uh, the, 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 the most talented couple in there right now is uh, Ryan and Natasha. That's the fake French girl. God, even her picture makes her look like an asshole. Whew. Yeah. Surprisingly, the hats have went down too. Remember remember, I was, I was talking about their Pharrell hats, their dumb fucking hats on their dumb fucking faces? The hats have gone down, which is good. I think somebody must have said something. And just how pretentious it looks. Oh, hold on. I dropped something. Oh, okay, back. Oh, man. Yeah, this show, it's, uh, it's, it is, it's like, I don't know. It's like ice cream, you know? You, or what, what, ice cream, chocolate ice cream with chocolate syrup. It's like great for a few spoonfuls, right? And then after a while, it just leaves a horrible, just, you're tired of fucking ice cream. 
So it's like the, it's that's kind of what it's like. You, you hate love it. You fucking hate love it. And it's, but it's something to do. And listen, my wife likes that's what I'm doing it, doing it for the podcast, and I'm doing it because my wife likes it when I watch it with her. She just has to let me bitch about it. I just, I just have to complain. I just have to be able to complain about it, and then I can get through it. Yeah. It's the first show I've watched, a reality show I've watched since, since the real world. And this shit's changed. Although what it has had me thinking about doing is going back and watching the first real world and seeing how much this shit's changed. Like, did they even have games or, like, contests back then? Like, the, think about the first couple of real worlds. Or did they just live together? Or, you know, was it, was it even like, did they manipulate it like they do these days? Or were they just literally filming some dudes in a house? Which was, which is fucking, because <laughs> it was a smash hit and we, we watched the fuck out of it. But that's fucking kind of, the whole thing's kind of weird. Am I wrong? The, the whole thing's kind of fucking weird. Ugh. And that was back like 90, what, two, three? Couldn't have, couldn't have been, couldn't have been earlier than that. Let me just see right now. Oh, hey, let, let's ask the Amazon. Uh, Alexa. Uh, hey, Alexa. Uh, when was the first real world? Real world was created on 1996. Oh, wow. 1996. 1996. Wow. I thought it was much earlier than that. The Bulls had already won three championships. Four championships, right? Wow. Shit. Uh, speaking of the Bulls, um, just finished the, uh, was it four and five? Or five and six? I finished five and six, episode five and six of The Last Dance. The Chicago Bulls slash Michael Jordan documentary. Documentary. Um, and uh, it's more of the same. It's good stuff. Um, they're just kind of filling you in on the stuff that I already know about. He has this gambling. I, I really don't think his gambling was that big of a problem. The guy had millions and millions of dollars. He's the richest athlete in the world at that point. He's got to be because of his endorsements. Or one of the richest athletes in the world. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it was that big of a problem. He likes to. He's competitive. He likes to compete, but he's he he's kind of he's kind of a chooch. He seemed like he'd be a really fun guy to hang out with, but he also seems kind of sensitive. Seems a little. He seems a little, a, a little sensitive. Uh, yeah, and I didn't realize him and Charles Barkley weren't talking anymore. Which is kind of a bummer because I love Charles Barkley, and they were they were such close friends. If you haven't seen it, go and watch their their Oprah interview with him and Charles Barkley. They just rag on each other the whole time. It's hilarious. Uh, it's just two close friends ragging on each other. And uh kind of made Jordan seem down to earth to have a friend who just like shits on him, you know? And then he can sh give shit back to. But uh Jordan stopped talking to him in 2012 when Barkley criticized uh, um, the Charlotte, at that point, the Charlotte Bobcats, which are now the Charlotte Hornets again. Because uh, Jordan was the part owner, now the majority owner. And he said, uh, Barkley said, which is probably fucking true, um, if Jordan would get some, get uh, rid of some of his yes-men uh, and hang-arounds, um, he might be able to put a good team on the floor. Um, 
and he wasn't he said it as an analyst because he's a TNT analyst. He's incredibly famous for being a, t- a TV analyst. And uh, he's and he was he thought it wasn't even that bad. And Barkley says it makes him really sad. He thinks about it all the time. Uh, and Jordan stopped talking to him uh, because he uh, criticized his team, which kind of mean. Listen, man, I get you wanting wanting to win and you wanting your team to win. Uh, but if you can't take the criticism from one of your best friends, uh, at a certain point, man, it's like I know you use that as fuel, as for competition. But you should also have enough fucking strength to just <laughs> still talk to your friend. You don't get to cut ties with them just because he disagrees with you. Because his job is to is to analyze how well you're doing as an owner or how well your team's doing. And let's be honest, man. You're fucking Michael Jordan. You're going to have a lot of fucking kiss asses who want to suck that dick all day long. You have to. He has to know that, right? He has to know that probably if unless he's gotten real good at it, unless maybe that's the reason. Well, maybe that's the reason why he cut Charles Berkeley out is because he knows there are just so much, there's so much, so much horseshit and kiss ass cocksuckers out there that he just cuts everybody out. It's like curating your Twitter feed, you know. So that could be it. That could possibly be it. Or he's just like, fuck everything. I just got to get everything small. Just fucking me and my boys. One or two of us. But I doubt that's it. He's fucking, he's fucking Michael Jordan. You can only be that famous for that long. For so long. And uh, and, and not get a handful of kiss asses that you just like having around. It gets harder to figure out who's real and who's not real. That's got to suck. But hey, man. He should know that. And you, you should keep your realest friend. You should keep you should keep the guy that's telling you the truth, which I think that's the reason why it makes Barkley so sad. One, he misses his friend, and two, didn't think it was that big of a deal. I was just telling Jackie, like, remember we all remember Barkley used to be the bad boy. Remember that? Remember his his image was one of like, you know, just crazy, just tough, crazy. Don't fuck with Charles Barkley. He was throwing people through windows in towns that he went through and bar fights. And don't fuck with him on the floor. He fought Shaq in his later years. He fought Shaq, uh, which is which is fucking crazy. Um, and uh, and then they retire, right? And we yeah, and Jordan's like the the golden boy, and uh, you know can't do anything wrong, except they they kind of. Tr- Went went into some of the drama of these past two episodes with Jordan, with the gambling. They tried to make that look like everybody was upset at him about it. No one gave a fucking shit. Um, it's fucking Michael Jordan, man. Be like Mike. Uh, and uh, so he was the golden boy, and then they retire, and then it just kind of seems like everybody, everybody kind of realized that Jordan was kind of a dick. <laughs> you know, whatever, dude. Hey, nothing against you, brother. Be who you are. And that Barkley was kind of a good guy. You know, he's a little more down to earth. Uh, you know, he's giving you honest answers to questions. And uh, uh, it seems a little more genuine. And uh, I just, I was telling, I was telling that to Jackie. It was like, it's just total, just totally different. Just t- total 180 from on both guys. 
And uh, but I will say this: Jordan's been really genuine throughout this whole documentary. Really, really genuine. I was surprised the fact that he's even letting people. Like, it was just rumors that Michael was kind of a dick. But you know, and here's here's the other thing: Jordan's coming up with good excuses, and he's saying not, not excuses, but valid reasons for why he did why he does what he does and did what he did. The gambling thing, I was already, I never even gave a shit about that. Gambling is not illegal. Let a grown man gamble, especially if you got some money. Especially if you're good at it and you win a lot, because um, he probably won a lot more than he lost. Uh, yeah, hitting some of his teammates during practice. I don't know how any of those motherfuckers put up with that. That I, I can't believe that. Here's the what's what's wrong about that story. Jordan hits yada yada in practice. That story should read, Jordan hits yada yada, yada yada fucking two-pieced him after he hit him. You don't hit somebody and let them hit you. That's a fucking fight. I don't care if you're Michael Jordan. I don't care. I'm 5'9". Michael's what, 6'6"? Six, six? You don't let somebody just tag you in practice, even if, if even if it's your job. Think about it this way. If you're at work and and, and your boss fucking hits you, you're just going to sit there and take it? So, yeah, that that's fucking weird. Uh, I don't, where was I with this? I can't remember where I was going with it. I'm just rambling, just talking into a mic, drinking my CBD tea. Hold on. Ugh. <clears throat> but, yeah, oh, yeah, I was talking about how, uh, how he seemed really genuine. And, you know, he said he was still upset at Isaiah Thomas. And he's like, there's nothing he could say that doesn't make him an asshole. Uh, and you know, he had a good he had a good excuse. He went up and he shook Isaiah Thomas's hand every time he lost. And Isaiah didn't shake his hand. Maybe he's that type of a guy, man. There's some people out there, man, who just hold that fucking shit inside and let it eat them up for the rest of their lives. Uh, especially Michael Jordan, man, you won. Well, you won life. But other than that, you know, I, it's, I'm coming away from this liking Michael more because it does make him seem more human. Um, but you know, I don't like the side of it where he's, he can, he can hold on to that. Some of that bitterness and some of that anger where he, uh, he pushes friends away. I'm just a big Charles Barkley fan, man. I'm a big fucking TNT fan fan uh inside the nba i love that fucking show love Shaq too love kenny the jet smith love them all of them that's my favorite snl skit with uh keenan uh thompson never lost look that up uh okay it's enough about the last dance man i'm sorry man i'm dragging ass tonight it's been like i said it's been a long week and uh i'm just trying to get a lot done i'm just trying to trying to be the person that i said i wanted to be so, you know, that takes hard work, man. Nothing's for free. Um, <clears throat> what else happened this week? Toilet. More toilet shit. Walking to the bathroom. You know, the thing about this job, this new job, you know, it's paying the bills right now. And, uh, but there's just, you just get to analyze people just, just based off of the way they shit. Cause I'm, you know, I'm just cleaning out these toilets. You, I walk into a bathroom, 
And somebody will have their fucking coat on the floor, man. And the stall. The fact that I'm disinfecting the bathrooms anyways pisses me off because it was supposed to be just disinfecting. Uh, but hey, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we do. And I'll do what I have to do, do to make money. Uh, and if you let your jacket purposely lay on the ground, and if you let your jacket purposely lay on the ground in a bathroom during a pandemic, uh, there's no helping you. There's just flush yourself down that toilet with with, with your shit, man. Because there is, there is no help. There is no amount of therapy. There is no amount of talking to a friend. You know, and I knew because I'd already cleaned the bathrooms and I go, I go, I go and then I, then I wipe down like the rest of these huge buildings throughout the day, uh, disinfecting all the touch points. And I knew, I knew that, uh, when I came back to this bathroom and after I saw the guy's jacket laying on the ground, that there was going to be shit all over the toilet seat. And I've talked about this. I said, I don't know how you get shit on the toilet seat and then look yourself in the mirror and think you're a productive member of society. Because that means there is shit on your ass. Not your asshole. Not in the middle of the line going going the, the crack, you know. On your ass. So you're telling me you moved around so much. Things were so upsetting. That it was such an upsetting shit. Uh, that... Uh, You know, that you had to get shit on the toilet seat. Hold on. Let's fucking check, check, check. I'm having a hard time hearing myself. Again, I hate this fucking thing. Oi. Check, check, check. Actions matter. Not clickety clacks. <laughs> I need the bars to open back up. I need to get drunk and fucking, fucking just yell at somebody. I was just talking about that with my buddy Nate. It's just I need to just go to a bar and just yell at somebody about something. Not really, you know. You know how guys do it. Just yell about sports or yell about just fucking whatever. You know, just how your day went, an argument you had with your wife, because, you know. I'm pretty good at fucking being by myself here and just hanging out with my wife. But as you can tell in this podcast, I think I'm losing my mind. I think I'm just tired. All right. Well, <clears throat> I think that's enough of me just yammering away. I'm going to call our guest. Give me one second. And he's on. Say hello to uh, Mustache Extraordinaire. Actor and voiceover artist, local Chicago uh, poker player and drinker, Mike Hamilton. Woo! Yeah, feels good to get you on. Yeah, how you doing, buddy? Oh, good. I'm just real tired these days. This past week and a half, it's uh, my schedule and the and the lists I make to keep my days busy has been. It's been it's been a lot of it's been catching up catching up to me. I haven't been getting a lot of sleep, so uh, I was just telling the audience that. Yeah, what you're working uh, a lot of days a week right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the days I have off, I'm trying to keep them busy too. You know, I told myself I do some things, and I'm trying to do them. 
And uh, are you working out at all? Um, yeah, I'm working out. I'm not doing it as much as I should be doing or as much as I'd like to be doing, but I'm, I've been doing a lot of jogging. Uh, you know, I live right by Marine Drive and I'm, we've got like little stretches of park there that yeah. aren't, aren't technically considered as part of like the lakefront that's been closed. I know what you by, mean. Uh, I, right there. I, it's like, it's kind of, it's this, it's this big ass park that's kind of not part of the, part of the, of, of, of the lake. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I've been, I've been able to go and I basically just choose a big patch of grass and go up and back and up and back. So I don't have to run through the city and dodge people who aren't wearing masks and cops. I guess. Wait, well, <laughs> that, that's not true. I, I think the people who are running up and down the streets, they're just letting them do that. I, I've seen a lot of people do that on my way to work. Yeah, you're, you're allowed to get exercise. You're allowed to do that stuff, especially, you know, I mean, you're, you're one person. You're not, you're mm-hmm. not gathering with other people. There's also like Charlotte and I have gone and had, um, like picnics out in the grass. Cause you know, if you're not a whole bunch of people gathering and you're not near other people, you, you know, nobody's gonna get on you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but still, there are lots of people out there who are either walking on the street or running on the street who aren't wearing masks, and it's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah, man, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Is Have they proven that the masks, because I wear a mask everywhere I go, is it the masks, they help They help protect you, or they are they're, they're helping you protect somebody else? It's more about limiting spread, you know? So it's, it's more like the... The regular mask that everybody has, like I have a cloth mask that my friend Lizzie made for me. Yeah, you know, those, those aren't those aren't gonna like prevent you from, you know, being infected because they're not those like medical grade. I forget the the letters and the numbers. Yeah, you know, for the for that like medical grade mask that can actually prevent things. It's more about the way that I think about it is like it'll be transferred through saliva, through moisture, through droplets. Yeah, you know what I mean. So a sneeze. Like, a sneeze or somebody who's a wet talker. That's an, that's an, <laughs> I know who, I know, who I, yeah, a, I know some I mean, of those guys. Yeah. Some people do that. That's a, that's a awful sounding, uh, label, but a wet talker, a sneeze. Yeah, a, man. If you're talking about a runner or a biker or somebody who's, you know, huffing and puffing. Yeah, man. I mean, if I'm running and sprinting, you know, my, my breath, you know, moisture and breath is what I'm thinking of. So the, the, while the mask isn't going to, no, it's not going to prevent you from getting the disease, but it's going to go a long way towards, towards stopping it, you know, and you're definitely going to stop, um, somebody else getting it. Yeah. Um, but the funny, a funny thing that I saw, you know, there's a lot of internet content going around. Funny thing that I saw the other day was basically a meme that described why wear a mask by explaining by comparing it to somebody that is peeing on someone else if if someone is not wearing any pants and they pee on their friend their friend is going to get covered in pee yeah yeah you know and and then you know using the pants relating to the masks that at least if you wear if you wear your pants are you you know is is no one going to get wet no but you're going to prevent something yeah but i mean it's kind of doesn't make sense the way i mean most people aren't out there if i wasn't wearing pants i wouldn't be peeing on people i just wouldn't be i just wouldn't be wearing <laughs> pants bro it's like it's not just because you're not wearing pants just, just doesn't mean you're gonna be a, a purple peeing person <laughs> yeah i mean this was obviously like, this wasn't from the cdc this was uh 
<laughs> so, <laughs> right. Yeah. This, I was, this was for humor. Um, sure. Right. And I, and I thought it was funny, but, um, but yeah, no, like, like I said, no, you're not gonna, you're not 100% stopping anything, but you are certainly helping. And, yeah. um, you know, I mean, that's, that's why I'm, also in my mind, it's like anything that could help do it. Like, what do you, you know, yeah, like, I know. Just fucking do it. Yeah. Where it's a pandemic, people are dying. Like, yeah. <laughs> the least you can do is wear a fucking mask. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Right. It's a, uh, no one's, yeah. no one's really trampling on your civil liberties when they're asking you to just help out a little bit by wearing a mask. Did yeah, I say I mean, civil liberties, civil liberties, civil liberties, civil, sibilance, sibilance. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm good, man. I've just, I've just been, uh, apartment hunting. We got an apartment. Oh, we're yeah. pretty excited about. That's right. Yeah. Oh, it's a strange time for that. It's a strange time to be, you know, going into places, meeting people you've never met before and going into places that are confined and have other people in them. Um, that's definitely a great time to wear a mask. Yeah, yeah. Um, Goggles. I would just put a condom over my head. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's one approach. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, but no, it's actually – I mean it's a – it's actually been pretty easy because of, you know, technology is ridiculous right now. It's amazing. It's amazing how little we have to actually do because of our phones and our computers and the internet and, and cameras. Like that doesn't scare you a little bit. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think it scares me. It definitely gives me cause to pause. I mean, cause to pause. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I, I feel like a lot of people are, are realizing what they can get away with without, you know, the normal uh, social engagements that we're all accustomed to. And I think that coming out of the pandemic, it's going to be really fascinating to see how things like office culture or businesses or even just basic right. interactions are are adjusted because, you know. Yeah. That concerns we, me a little bit. What... It makes me a little scared because it made me a little scared before all of this. I was always kind of like, I'm I'm a very you know I'm a I'm a I'm a people person. I like saying hi. I still go into the bank. I still deposit my money with with a teller. I'm that I'm that type of a guy, right? And yeah. uh, and I think there's 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 lessons to learn about having to have to put yourselves in situations to be social, you know. And uh, I'm not saying during the pandemic you should be that way. Obviously, we 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 got we got to make changes during a pandemic. But when it comes back out of this. It's uh, it's there's gonna be. I, I just kind of feel like there there's a possibility that there could be people who will maintain what's going on already, and uh, I don't think it's it's a it's a healthy way to live or be a part of a society to be so so secluded behind your phone all the time, behind your computer all the time, having a screen screen in front of you at all times. Um, yeah, it's uh, I don't I don't think it's. I don't think it's a it's it's a healthy thing, and and can, I don't think it, it makes a healthy society. Then again, what the fuck do I know, man? It might not be the world I'm I'm meant to live in. So no, I mean I I totally hear you for sure, and I luckily I don't think it's that black and white. There's obviously gradients, and there there yeah. will be some people who, you know, I like 
you hear people talking about like, will people continue to shake hands, you know? And, yeah. and yeah, I think there's going to be changes. There's going to be adjustments and there will be some people who are like, you know what? I'm going to steer clear for a lot longer than I need to. Yeah. But man, I'm also, I also, you know, the, the people that I talk to, the friends that I have, what I see the most is like, people can't wait to hug their friends. People oh, can't I know. wait to, to meet, to I get know. back together face to face and have skin, dude. Have parties. And- I'm going to give you the biggest fucking hug. <laughs> yes, biggest I'm hug. Receive that hug. Yes, you just take it. it. You just lay there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't. You know, we can stay vertical. No, we can stay vertical. no, I'm okay, taking you yeah. down. There's gonna be a you ground know? hug. No, but like that's, but that's, I, I can't, I can't wait for that day. We could stay vertical. <laughs> we, we could. I mean, yeah, we whatever. We'll, yeah, we'll figure it out. Sure. We got months. We got months. But yeah, we'll talk later. Um, but I, I do think that you know we'll table that. Yes, at the, at the at its core, the true value comes from human interaction, human connection, yeah. eye contact, physical contact, mm-hmm. and I don't think that that's going to change outright just because of all this. Yeah, you know, I think it's just too it's too strong and too valuable for for it to make a, a you know like a, a switch. Yeah, like that. But it is interesting to look at it from like an infrastructure standpoint and sort of like a business standpoint and and sort of, you know, progressing into the future where we're going to continue to make more human beings on this planet and technology is going to continue to get smarter and more effective, effective and efficient. And like so, yeah, it definitely makes you wonder and question. But at, at its core, it's all about humans, friendship, contact, love, connection. That's right. where it's that's where it's at. Are you feeling positive about the about the human race right now, or are you feeling pretty negative about it? Like in the next ten years, are you, do you have a positive outlook on things? <laughs> oh man, uh, that's a hard question. I mean, I there are a lot of there are a lot of disgusting things that people are doing and there's a lot of like very questionable reactions to people. Yeah. I have to, I have to admit though, you know, I'm not super surprised. I I feel like the, the ratio of, of idiotic people to people that I feel like have an understanding of what's going on hasn't changed all that much. Once the pandemic has set in, it just feels like the stakes are higher, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just like, there's always been really idiotic people who don't pay attention to science, you know, and, and like, so ultimately it hasn't, it hasn't adjusted all that much. I think if anything, my, my real hope and what I've been clinging to is that, you know, this, this kind of adversity for, for everyone, you know, on the globe is going to be, you know, a catalyst for positive change. Um, that, that if we, you know, once we get a, a vaccine basically that, Hopefully this this moment of of slowing down, of reflection, of everyone getting a chance to take a closer look at what's going on, that hopefully that that will provide some sense of of clarity that can improve things. But, you know, I'm not holding my breath. I think it woke us up a little bit. I think uh, for me, and I think a lot of people, but personally for me, as I – it reinforced what I already believed. It put into perspective um, – <clears throat> how we've had it easier, easier compared to other people in history. And, uh, and you know, you're listening to the blueprint for Armageddon right now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I am. I've, I promoted that on this podcast before. If you haven't listened to it, listen to blueprint from our, from Armageddon. What is it? A six part, seven part series. I think it's six and they're each about three hours. It's Dan Carlin's yeah. hardcore history. 
And uh, that's one of the best ones in my mind. And um, I've listened to it a few times. It sounds ridiculous, but you know, when you're at the gym, you just th- those things fly by. And um, there's uh, so I've I've been saying for forever that I just kind of I, I put things into the perspective of how horrible shit can be. You know, not in America. A number one, present day, not in America without a pandemic, but. Because there are, there are still some rough places out there, but also just comparing it to 50 years ago, you know, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, 100 years ago. I mean, um, even our parents had the Cold War, and they had, you know, so there was there was always a level of fear, and there was always a level of of strain and anxiety that a lot of that most generations had, and that we kind of didn't. That we 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 for the, the majority, I feel like we we missed out on, it, and that's a good thing, right? means hopefully that society is progressing to such a degree that we don't have to have such horrible things, you know, uh, happen to us. You know, uh, you know, we we get running water every day. You know, some of our, some of our some people you know had to look for water. Uh, some ancestors of ours had to, had 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 to look for water, and that's that's a that puts things in, in into perspective for me. But here I'm kind of rambling right now because I'm trying to find this uh, picture for you to. Uh, which which cracks me up, which encapsulates everything I'm saying. Give me one moment, and I'll stop rambling. And that is right. That is right. Now, okay. Uh, so I, I found this on the inter on the interweb. Uh, imagine you were born in 1900. On your 14th birthday, World War One starts and ends on your 18th birthday. 22 million people perish in that war. Later in the year, a Spanish flu epidemic hits the planet. And runs until your 20th birthday. 50 million people die from it in those two years. 50 million people. On your 29th birthday, the Great Depression begins. Unemployment hits 25%. The world GDP drops 27%. That runs until you are 33. The country nearly collapses and the world economy and, and the world economy. When you turn 39, World War II starts. You aren't even <laughs> over the hill yet. <laughs> and don't try to catch your breath. On your 41st birthday, the United States is fully pulled into World War II. So if you were born in 1900, you had a chance to be in World War One and World War II. Uh, uh, the United States is fully pulled into World War II. Between your 39th and 45th birthday, 75 million people perish in that war. At 50, the Korean War starts. 5 million people perish. At 55, the Vietnam War begins and doesn't end for 20 years. Four million people perish in that conflict. And this is just America, by the way. I mean, some of this is world numbers, but some of this is American numbers. There was other fucking wars going on um, at that time. You know, there's other things happening in the fucking planet. People were starving in the world, too, because they they weren't able to uh, produce as much food, grow as many crops, you know. So... That this is this is this is, isn't even all of it. Uh, so four million people perish in that conflict. On your sixty-second birthday, you have the Cuban Missile Crisis, a tipping point in the Cold War. Life on our planet as we know it could have ended. Great leaders prevented that from happening. When you turn seventy-five, the Vietnam War finally ends. <laughs> Twenty-year war. It's ridiculous. Think of everyone on the planet born in nineteen hundred. How do you survive all of that? When you were a kid in 1985 and didn't think your 85-year-old grandparent understood how hard school was and how mean that kid in your class was, yet they survived through everything listed above. 
Perspective is an amazing art, refined as time goes on, and enlightening like you wouldn't believe. Let's try and keep things in perspective. So this is this is I'm not trying to belittle the time that we're in. That's not my, that's not what I'm trying to say at all. I'm not trying to minimize its effects and the anxiety that we're all having, that we're all experiencing, and the struggle for with, with the economy and the struggle of us, you know, keeping family members and friends alive, and just try, even trying to have a job right now is tough. I'm just trying to say that type of perspective gives me strength and fuels me a little more because it reminds me how much we're, we're capable of taking, you know, um, and how much our ancestors were capable of taking. And that's in us. That's like literally in our genes waiting to be unlocked is, is, and struggle always unlocks great, great things and great, great people. And um, that, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I think I think that's it's always. I mean, I think perspective is a great teacher, um, and it's 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 crazy to hear those numbers. I hadn't seen that yet, um, but yeah, that's especially someone going through such crazy times as a young person and experiencing it so frequently that it becomes their norm and what what they're used to. Right. And, and like you, you know, people who have to go through difficult times throughout their life, especially starting when they're young and just, you know, unrelenting. It does. I, I do believe that it does make them a lot tougher. It makes them, you know, able to deal with a whole lot more stuff. Capable. Um, yeah. It makes them more capable. But what, one thing I thought about when you were reading that, that's, that's interesting to me is like more less as an individual, but more as like a society and a person, like, um, you know, the fact that, we have the internet during this time. It, it's I, I. Oh man, yeah. I, I've been I've been seeing so many of my friends who who will not look away from what is going on, and I totally understand why. I mean, I've I've basically been, you know, I mean, I mean, I read the news every day, and I I've, I keep up with it, but I I also have friends who I can see that they are the they are they are carrying the weight of of current events they are they are mm. they, you know like this they are wearing the stress of what of what is going on with our government and the 24 hour news cycle right uh, yeah, they can't can't exactly. turn away yeah and i wonder i wonder for back when you know in 1918 when the the plague was or even even during war times in in the two world wars you know like i they because they were not they did not have access you know they had radio and they had newspapers right and mm. then they had word of mouth in their local community right. so like i i wonder if especially for people in more rural areas you know outside of cities who don't have a lot of contact with other folks like if yeah it's intense and i'm you know there's there's definitely no question that there was added stress than a regular life but I, I wonder what the stress level is compared to someone who is living in a suburb of a city or out in the country in that time versus someone who's got their nose in their phone and or on their computer looking at every single detail, yeah. opinion piece, you know, political statement that like in real time as as Twitter brings it to them, as their well, browser brings it to them. I uh, uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I was just chooching on the mic here before I called you. And uh, I started the podcast off uh, talking about um, the positives, the positives and negatives of social media, and mostly Facebook. And you know, the positives being right now there are a lot of things like you're able to to communicate with your friends, you're able to let them know uh, if you're if you're not doing so well during a, during such a hard time. 
But then there's also mm-hmm. the oversharing, you know. And, and there's and uh, and then I said, I believe well, I have to go back and check. But I was talking about because uh, I'm just talking to myself. I'm like a crazy person. So uh, <laughs> yeah. literally having arguments in my head with like three different versions of me. Um, but uh, it was <laughs> like I was I, I sat and wondered if a little ignorance would make us a little mentally healthier, a little more healthier mentally. Like mm-hmm. if we just didn't, because it's it, it used to be our town, our city, our state, our country, you know, then the world, you know. Now it's like, now it's just the world. It's any something happens in Perth, Australia, right? And uh, and it's a it's a, a murder, or 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 the cops, or the cops beat somebody in in fucking England, and. Um, it's big news over here and it's on our and so people are sharing that on Facebook and it's kind of, and a piece of me is like yo bro like we got problems with our own cops not <laughs> on, like not in the United States just in our town it's like you know and I'm, listen for the cops out there listen to this I love you I'm just using that as an example of news you know or uh you know good, the good cops I love you but um so, or, or or you know it's just it's a lot to wrap your mind around every day, twenty four seven, for the entire world, all the time. And I, I don't, I don't know if it's if it's the healthiest thing for us. And and I and I wish people were a little less attentive to the news. Twenty four hour news, twenty four hour bad bad things. That's what that's what you're getting. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And it's like I I don't blame people who keep looking, you know. And like I'm glad they're I, informed. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, yeah, exactly. And I, and I do too. And I would rather know, you know, what's going on in the government that's making choices about, you know, that are directly affecting my life and the lives of my family, as opposed to just being like, well, I, I, uh, hope everything's going okay out there. You know, like it is, it is a gift. (laughs) It is a gift and it is a good, it is a good thing overall, but I definitely, you know, like I've, I've talked to multiple people who I'm like, you know what, like a, uh, uh, a news fast, a social media fast. Take a break. Uh, yeah, take a break. Make sure that, you know, like, don't look at the news right before you go to bed. Don't look at the news as soon as you wake up. Like, yep. make sure that you are setting aside your time to do that and don't let it just, yeah. because we're carrying around a computer in our hands or our pockets 24 hours a day. Like, yeah. make sure that you you are purposeful in the uh, in what you're consuming and when you're consuming it. There's a few moments in our lifetime that this this reminds me of. One of them is 9/11 where how much the cons- you know how, how the consumption of the news, right? And and how attentive people are to it. Um mm. even though in general I th- in general was what we were talking about they're way more attentive to to worldwide news these days than they were. But it this moment reminds me of 9/11. It reminds me funny enough of the OJ trial. You know, oh yeah. The first thing oh, yeah. you did when you woke up, when you, and before you went to bed, you watched the news for OJ. My my grandmother did it. She had a TV on all day long. OJ all day. That OJ, was what's up. Yeah, got to get the juice. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nine eleven. Anything else like that? The Gulf War. The, I was too. I Iraq was too young war. to care about the Gulf War. I definitely was was in on the OJ train, but the Gulf War. I was like, this is pictures of night sky with like really cool lit up bullets. With like, like, yeah. Why are those bullets lit up? Yeah. But I, I was just too young. Yeah, that that shit scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And then that's um, it, right? The Iraq War. That that's pretty much it. Well, I mean, I think I think it's 
it's pretty well agreed upon that it, I mean, it was nine eleven that started this twenty four hour, you know, the 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 streaming ticker tape at the bottom of the screen, the twenty four hour cycle. It like, wasn't there before that. I I I I don't you know that's that's another thing where I was I was pretty young and I was you know as a let's see I was in ninth grade geometry class when uh, the first plane hit the towers. Um, so I don't you know I wasn't necessarily a news person at the time, so I'm probably Pussy. not the best. <laughs> I was in gym lifting weights bench. No, I'm saying I, I wasn't a, a news person at the time. No, bro. When I, never mind. I'm being douchebag. I said, no, no, "Oh, I know, I know that. I could tell that right off." You yeah. were, you were in, you were in uh, geometry class. I was in uh, weightlifting class. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. The jokes. Yeah. The jokes pointless. Yeah. Continue. But. Yeah, so I'm not really an expert on that, but from from what I understand and remember, uh, that's I mean that's when you know that's when it started. Where it was like, yeah, we need everybody's glued to their televisions, wanting coverage all the time. What's up? What's happening? What's happening? And then from there, like the news channels were like, oh, this is you know viewers are really good. Yeah, uh, let's keep the viewers. Let's make sure that there's something exciting, and you know, yeah. Like happening all the time. Do you think it's going away? No. Are you kidding? You don't no. think you don't think in like four or five years the cable twenty four hour news cycle just won't be a place where people go to objectively get their news anymore? Oh well, in that case, uh, I, that wouldn't surprise me. I think it would probably be um, unless sped you up. are diehard Fox and diehard MSNBC. Like one of those two, and I and I think most of the country is my belief is most of the country is doesn't rule their politics by the by the by the almighty D or R. You know, I'd like to think that most people are moderates. I guess is what you would call them, but you know, free thinkers. Um, yeah, and they and they they don't want to play the team game anymore. I I feel like. Uh... It's we're still on this track of speeding things up, shortening things, and like consolidating things into shorter, more devourable commodity. You know, like yeah, like everybody wants shorter clips, faster. You know, cut. You know, just read the headline, cut to the chase. Like, and there I, is and, that. I wasn't even thinking of it in that way. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, keep going. Sorry, but also like. The internet overtaking sort of like cable, te- like television in general. That's what I meant. You know, yeah, like, I meant the internet, right? Yeah, and and like of course that is that is you know that is going to continue to overpower and you know like even the TV that we consume. There's an there's amazing TV being produced and created right now, but that's all on streaming devices and that's like not related to news. Yeah, you know, so like a lot of a lot of news is is internet based anyway. So I could, I see it going at least a little bit farther in that direction and even consolidating. You know, one thing I was thinking is like, have you ever been on Marco Polo? Never even heard of it. It's like, it's basically like, uh, it's like, uh, sending video messages back and forth to people. Um, but they have a feature on it's, it's like Snapchat, but they aren't, they, they aren't like one time, you know, one time watch only. You can, you can send to multiple people at a time or just have a conversation with one person. They have like fun little vocal filters on there. You can like play around with it. But yeah, it's basically like you send video messages mm. to people. 
But anyways, there's a feature on there where you can hit the two times button, which you know, plays it back at two times the speed. And mm. you know, I know a lot of people listen to podcasts at one point five or two or, times. Or the you, speed. or you listen to uh, the Simpsons or Family Guy. I've heard of that too, or comedy at one point five the speed, which is kind of fun. right. Which, which to me, I can see more of that happening. If we're talking about news and consumption, and like, you know, I can see it. I can see it speeding up uh, more in the future. And that does not uh, lend itself to a 24-hour news cycle. That's kind of, you know. Have you gotten kind of to the part of uh, Blueprint of Armageddon where uh, – this is my fa- one of my favorite lines, and I'm going to fucking get it wrong even though I've listened to that podcast so many times. Uh, where he – where Churchill hated uh, Lenin, right? Because he said he, he couldn't talk to him because he said uh, – uh, what was it? Um Lenin is a fanatic, and a fanatic is somebody who who won't change the subject, and you can't change their mind. And mm. uh, and uh, that's kind of the the feeling I get from people who are so inundated in the news. Um, it's you can't change their subject, and you can't change their mind. So it's kind of just like I kind of even want to talk to you right now, man. I like <laughs> I just I just can't we talk about you know basketball or just something you know. Something that isn't uh I don't want to sometimes I don't I like to talk about things that aren't very important, man. And oh uh, yeah. Oh and, and sometimes that that helps me get through the day. Uh and in no way do I wanna like belittle the uh the the important things that some people are talking about when they're get that into the news, but at that point they are a fanatic, right? Am I wrong or Yeah, I mean I, I when I don't remember that quote I might not have heard it yet. Um but yeah, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of, I mean, that sounds very similar to what it feels like politics in the United States are right now. Yeah. Um, as far as like, no one's going to change anyone else's mind, but everyone has something to say and wants to be heard. So it just, I, yeah, the noise gets too loud for me to the point where I have to, I have to limit my consumption and, and, and just like turn away from that. I mean, I've, I've been a big, you know, this, I've been a big sports fan my whole life and like stuff like that. You know, I listen to more sports podcasts and I do news. Podcasts. So funny, man. And you know, so like, funny. and part of that is like my, <laughs> my spiritual and mental well being. Yeah. Uh, but also I just fucking love sports. So you like, do, you know, but I, it's so funny how much better at sports talks talk you are now. Than when I first met you, better at it. You are the most. Like, how do I say this? You know the most about sports. Whenever I have a question or something, I throw it mm. towards you. You're one of the people I throw it towards first. Now, like, now, well, now, well. back in the back in the day. Remember, now back in the day, it wasn't like that, right? No, I didn't follow stuff as closely. I think it's probably because I. Sadly, have more time now, but also, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give a shout out to podcasts. I'm going to give a shout out to podcasts. Yeah, because that that definitely is a is a very um, uh, clean way for me to get that information while I'm accomplishing something else. Dude, what a bummer of a season for the NBA, man! Oh, I was, I'm still sad. I was so into this season. And it was the ratings were apparently lower, right? If I remember correctly, weren't they lower the ratings? Um, I think they were getting that some in the in the in the regular season, but that's I mean, you know, normal. Who gives a shit? Ra- yeah, it was exactly. So good. Once the 
once the playoffs came, it was it was going to go up. But because the content um, for me was so good this year, the young talent man Zion Williamson, uh, Zion Williamson, uh, who's uh, who else? Luca, 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 is, is a superstar already, already. And but who else? Um, the, the other one, the there's the John the, Morant. the Ro- John Morant, fucking shit, yeah. dude. <sighs> yeah. And there was also this was this last off season, this last free agent period was one of the most exciting, probably the most exciting I've ever experienced. And that basically aligned the league. It it, it kind of like took things from this like you know uh, you got to have the the three the yeah. three big guys you know the big three to powerhouses of of pairs. Yeah, you know? and also and, it, it spread people around a little bit, man. Yeah, spread them out so that it's like there are two and all the legit teams. There are two. There are two stars slash superstars. Yeah, and then you know, and there were just contenders all over the place, and there was no Golden State. No. to to be like, oh well, they're going to win even if every, if the, all these other teams are good. It was the most interesting. Yeah, start like off season leading into the season, and the season was stacking up just the way that it should, and the playoffs were going to be so juicy and, and even, so good. Even watching like Portland and all their struggles this year was fun for me. You know, oh yeah, it, like yeah. that was that was fun for me, and 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 we're not going to get to see that. Also, there was the coming out party for fucking the rest of the country finally fucking seeing, and New York finally fucking seeing how bad Dolan is, and. Uh, I mean, I feel like people have known for a while how bad Dolan is, but, it, but it maybe didn't get, more people. This is as bad as I wanted it to be for years. I I wanted it to be this embarrassing and bad for years. Uh so that there was an opportunity for us to fucking get angry enough to actually make some changes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That guy, that guy is awful. He yeah. needs, he needs, man, it would be so exciting and so great if, if the New York Knicks had a new owner that people were excited about. If they were just that... good, if they were just, if they were contenders, not even win one, just like back when they had like, I'm talking like, I was just watching the last dance. And Jackie was. We were watching the, the Knicks section of the Last Dance, and mm-hmm. uh, and Jackie goes, "Oh wow!" When the Knicks went up two two zero, and I'm eating my food, and I go, "Don't worry," because I was. I'm still mad. <laughs> I'm still yeah. angry, right? Yeah. That, that yeah. was the last time I really liked the Knicks uh, when it was Starks, Xavier, Xavier uh, McDaniel's, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles Oakley, Patrick Ewing. Uh, who else was on that team? I'm missing some big players. Uh, but you know that was the last real time that I really yeah. liked the Knicks, and uh, ever since then it's just been one disappointment after another. Did, did, were, were you a believer train wreck, when Carmelo Anthony came? It's a it's a, tra- a train. But what's crazy to me is when we look at these teams like uh, the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Knicks, these like you know big market franchises that have been that have had times of glory, yeah. but have for. 20 years plus been not irrelevant, but not definitely not anywhere near I a mean, championship. Kind of. They've they had are big still, players, but nothing other than that. But they are still valued on the market as the most valuable franchises um, in in all of sports. And that, that, all, that always boggles my mind, where you can have like the worst CEO you could ever imagine, yeah. James Dolan, and the value of your franchise or your commodity doesn't go down in any way whatsoever there's there's a there's a couple of reasons for it one it's i think i i think their value is based mostly off the fact that it's new york real estate um and it's the fact Mm. that it's new york so it's the symbol of new york not the team 
that has any value. I've heard I've heard that said on first take by uh, uh, Stephen A. Smith and uh, <laughs> I know oh, yeah. I know Stephen A. Smith and uh, what's his face, the boxing uh, analyst, uh, yeah, Max, Max. Conrail, and because yeah. uh, uh, and. Yeah, and where, where else? Where else was it going? This is based off of the real estate, and the fan and the fan base and fandom. You know, in yeah. sports, like yeah. fan fans, most fans are lifelong fans. Yeah, and like, but they don't you know. win. Oh, oh yeah, that's what it is. Also, this it's hard because Dolan is the Uh-oh. owner. I, I, I'm losing you a little bit, buddy. Oh, okay, hold on. I, I I still got you, but I'll let you get that beer. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can. I can hear you better now. Okay, uh, Dolan is the owner of the Rangers, right? So they're and they and they're they do well, right? He's the owner yeah. of the Knicks, and he's also the owner, the head of the committee or ownership group uh, that owns MSG. Oh yeah, that's huge. So that's... it's that guy is the truest. That guy is fucking legit, like a, like a J.P. Morgan Rockefeller type rich, bro. Oh yeah, billions, billions, many, many billions. Yes. Uh, yeah, so for it, sure. It's and impossible James, to get rid of a guy Dolan. like that. It's James Dolan, though. You know, like, yeah. But uh, it's amazing how 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 unified not only New York Knicks fans, but basketball fans are in the fact that he's awful and that the fact that he needs to go. And at a certain point I'm like, but they're not going to be able to is what I'm saying. I mean, that that's why I I thought it should have been at this point years ago, because even when it, even the fact that it's at this point, it's still not enough. It needs to be at this point for another like fucking five to 10 years for anything that anything to fucking happen. Well, he did get coronavirus and he made it through. So there's no easy out there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and he donated his plasma, so he's a real good guy. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's, dude, uh, I feel bad. I feel like I kind of just that was that was a mean thing of me. What do you mean? I kind of had like a a thought of like he <laughs> what if he what if he didn't make it like and, yeah and, and I yeah. Was, and I wasn't worried for him. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a horrible thought to have. I take I no, I'm I know so, I don't. I'm I don't, sorry, Lord. The, I'm sorry. Even the people that I, I, I really strongly dislike, I, I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want you to die, yeah, you know. Yeah. But if you're rendered incapable of fulfilling your duties and you were, <laughs> if you have you to know, sell the dicks. relieved of relieved of your command, I certainly wouldn't be upset. It would be great if this virus just made you sell pro basketball teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, what's crazy is that that is actually a very real possibility for a few franchises right now because there are, you know, uh, let me guess the financial losses, the financial losses are, are, are not lost on, you know, billionaires. Let me guess. Wait, uh, is it basketball teams? Can I guess? Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know the deep details. I just know, I just know like one in one in particular. And I just know that, uh, I've heard some chatter about the fact that some, you know, this would be a time, at least if not now, then in the next couple of years, where some franchises would change hands. Let but me, I don't let me know, guess. Can I, know all of them. Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I just take a guess based off of the market? Of course, of course. 
Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, definitely. I mean that. I think that's true. That was true coming into this, and that this, you know, the pandemic isn't helping anything for sure. Right. Uh, Portland Trailblazers. Who else? Who else would be a team that that would? I don't know. I can't think. Minnesota. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's you know the easy thing is to look at a lot of the small market teams. Yeah. Um, one one owner that that I I heard a, a you know a sports person talking about um, was Tillman Fertitta of the Houston Rockets, um, because he made his fortune on on the on a one of the major hotel chains. I forget which one. It might be I don't know if it's Hilton or yeah. I'm not sure which one it is. But he 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 became a billionaire in cruise cruise lines and hotels, and like he's mm. like a magnate in those zones, and like obviously. If you want to talk about, you know, who the pandemic is hitting the hardest, yeah, like uh, those ones. But not only, not only is that where he made his fortune, but he is one of the only owners in the NBA who is outright full owner, and it, it is all within his control. Yeah. So, like, you know, like you're like you were talking about with James Dolan being at the head of an ownership group, or like Magic Johnson is at the head of the ownership group for the LA Dodgers, and I think I think LAFC and. Um, you know, he's got his hands on lots of stuff, but most professional sports organizations have a group ownership. Um, and Tillman Fertitta is one of the few exceptions where it's just him and family members. Yeah. So, you know, which means that they, when they take the losses, they really take the losses. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. he is an active, he's a very active owner. He is a, he's a big personality and you can, you know, the franchise is doing well. So I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, they are, a. uh, a strong candidate for selling the team. I just know that um, his his hand is definitely being uh, pushed in the in this in this dark time. Mm. Was it you I was talking to where we were discussing how much you could buy a team for at, at the beginning of the eighties in the NBA? Yeah, yeah. Was, wasn't it like ten million? So, wasn't it something ridiculously low? Oh yeah. I mean, if you go back, you know, depending on how far you go back, basically, if you go pre Magic and like nineteen eighty, you, you could grab. Yeah, you can grab those. You can grab those franchises for another because that you know the like they had value, but it's and another reason why I've been really loving the Last Dance, and and been just all about it is is because it shows how you know how important Michael Jordan was for the brand that is the NBA. Yeah, um, and the and how clearly he he was handed the baton from magic yeah. and bird, yeah. you know, like oh, dude. it was, did you, did you like, like I like got giddy when I saw Larry and Jordan and magic talking to each other during the all-star game when Larry was coaching Jordan and then magic came in to say hi to Larry. Yes. And Jordan. Yes. Yeah, oh like, my God. I, that was like, that is so cool. <laughs> Dude, and not and yes, those guys for sure, but also all the other all stars that year, you know, like there were dudes like, I forgot about, like Glenn Robinson, uh, yes, and or, or Grant Glenn, Hill, Glenn Rice, not Glenn Robinson, Glenn Rice. There was uh, Grant Hill. Then there Gary was Gary Payton. Gary Payton just like goes across the screen, and you're like, oh yeah. shit, Gary Payton, Gary the Glove. Yeah, and who else, uh, dude? It was just it's just funny seeing a, a young Malone, Stockton Malone, on the dream team. Was fucking yeah. hilarious, just because you know oh they looked, gosh. you know, young. Uh, 
what is it? Ooh, yeah, it was just crazy. It's it's yeah. It was a it was there was definitely a nostalgia trip in that, but it's it's also it's cra- it's crazy for me because you know as a kid I was aware of the NBA and kind of you know I paid attention to sports, but I wasn't a true NBA fan. I don't you know yeah. I follow it way closer now than I ever have in my life. Like, but to see these like icons and these stars pop up that like I recognize even though I wasn't a huge fan goes a long ways in showing, you know, like we, our childhood was right when the NBA was really get, you know, hitting that level, that like that um, international level. And a lot of that is in thanks and due in, to Michael Jordan and his fame. And it's, it's pretty yeah. amazing to see this it's, documentary. It is crazy. It's great. And they bring up Tony Kukoc too, which I thought was fun because he was one of the first bigger international players and now seeing where, they took, you know, Jordan and Pippen beat up on Kukoc. They got him in, in into the Bulls, and now seeing where international players are now from all over the world, because there was there was always there was the Kimbe Mutombo, right? Tony Kukoc. Mm-hmm. Who else? Well, you know, Detlef Shrimp. You, Detlef Shrimp. You know, Hakeem was drafted ahead of Michael Jordan. Hakeem. The same year Michael Jordan was drafted. But wasn't he already an American citizen, or does that even matter? Oh, I'm. Uh, yeah, I actually don't. I don't know. That. I don't know either, man. I thought there was something Maybe different about that. Maybe I'm making a, a ill-advised assumption. But then you, but then you see steps to it, right? Then you see like your Tony Parkers, your kind of like Tim Duncan, you know, and like, mm-hmm. uh, and then your Manu Ginobili's, right? Like, I, I guess all of the Spurs. So, so <laughs> but yeah, then, the Spurs, right? The Spurs. Right? But then you see like Except steps, for- steps to it, right? And then, like, there's that, and then now it's like, I feel like every like there's like. Three or four guys in the top ten, top top twenty, who are just yeah. international players. Well, like Vl- Vladi Divac was, was oh, pretty yeah. huge. Yeah, that was a big one too. Yeah, and he's still he, he's still a, a major a major role player for the Kings. I think he's he fucked that he up. GM though. is he their GM? Yeah, he right is. Now? He's their DGM and their VP of operations. Yada yada. Yeah, or something. yeah. But he he's the, he's the one that fucked up them not getting Luka Doncic. I know they really did pass on him and Trey Young. They passed on. They passed on Trey Young too. Yes, dude. They yeah. passed on two of the best players. They I know, just... man. Drafts are drafts are insane. When you know when they cover Michael Jordan's draft, and you're like, oh, Michael Jordan got drafted third. It's like, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> when yeah. you draft Hakeem Olajuwon ahead of Michael Jordan, Hall of Famer Hakeem Olajuwon, you can't really look back if you're no. the Rockets and be like, oh, we fucked up. You're like, no, you made a good choice. Yeah. But the number two, the number two pick. I don't. I never heard oh, that name before. Oh, I have. Before. He's he's famous for being the number two pick. What the fuck is right? Name? Yeah, he's famous for being picked before Jordan. Is I I have it, I have several of his basketball cards. Several, several, several. Do you have a big uh, basketball card uh, collection. I used to. I don't know where. I think it's at my mom's. Yeah, I've got a. I had. I man, I fucking love baseball. Baseball was was everything for me when I was a kid. I had a huge collection. Yeah, and I think my parents still have a a good amount of them. So I've been like, I wonder if any of those are valuable. But the answer is probably no. There's probably one or two, right? Yeah, maybe. Probably maybe make a couple a, rookie cards here. A couple and there. hundred here and there. Got lucky. Yeah, you probably make a couple hundred on the, on the whole collection. Um, I actually, can I ask you a question about a six inches? A, Oh yeah, we're on shoot chat. I forgot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, all right. Uh, do you? So the NFL released their schedule on Thursday. 
Oh, really? Um, and they didn't they didn't adjust the schedule in any way, and they are still on for the first game being Thursday night, September tenth. Uh, the Chiefs versus the Texans, I think. Yeah. Um, do you think they're going to play those games? I mean, first of all, I think you just you just do what you do, especially if you haven't played. If it's that far away, just release the schedule, right? Just, mm-hmm. just release the schedule. Don't change anything. I think that's the right choice because you, you you don't know. You don't want to plan for a change. You know what I mean? You, you don't want to change the schedule now not knowing what the future is going to be like. If it comes right. to that, change the schedule. Um, but, uh, right, I get that. I get are they going to be able to do it? I think they will be able to do it. <laughs> I think by September they should probably have antibody tests in place. I think there is something to herd immunity. Uh, and, um, I, wait, 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 what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Can you explain that? To so me? if 60 to 70% of the population of a country gets the virus, which is a lot of fucking people and we're nowhere near that mm-hmm. right now, then you're, what you're doing is you're slowly just kind of killing the virus or, or the virus is, 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 is going away on its own. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I've and heard. Killing the, killing the people that... Killing the people they can't handle it. Well, so or just no, you, you just enough people have caught it. That's how like that's how a lot of a lot of diseases just end up going away. Um, but I don't know. Like you'll have a lot of people who have, who have already caught it, and 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 you'll be able to do the antibody testing that would that that'll be able to. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I've heard of the I've heard of the concept. I haven't read deeply on it, so I I can't speak uh, I can't speak too eloquently on it. it. To me, it sounds like yeah, uh, the population will be doing better once we do herd, herd immunity at the cost of well, no, many, many, doing many her, lives. doing not doing herd herd immunity as a herd immunity is, is a thing that's happening right now, whether we like it or not. Like that, not doing it as like a as a as an option. Oh. Okay. Okay. Herd gotcha. immunity. That it just yeah. Just it's it's once. it's just gonna happen. And like like it, it's there's there's no way around it. People are gonna catch it. Some people are gonna die. Some people are going to uh, just be the people that survived right. and they have the antibodies now. Right. Gotcha. Uh, that's yep. what I mean by by herd immunity. Um, not as like an option, a viable option. Some countries have went that way, uh, but uh. Um, I mean, right now, right now, people in Detroit, you know, Georgia's opening up. I mean, you know, we have places in our country that are basically being like, yeah, 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 go, go let's do on. it, yeah, go, get out there, yeah, get out there. Oh, I think we're, I think we're definitely to the end of this month. We're we're still at a peak in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's still going I, up. It's still going up right now. I mean, I'm really, I'm thankful that we have you peeing on shoes yet. I'm sorry. Is that no? That's totally allowed. That's that's shoot shoot chat, man. I also didn't know that you would hear that, but here we are. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Thick stream, I, you know. Thick I stream, bro. Think that, I honestly think that JB Pritzker is doing a good job. I think Lori Lightfoot is doing a good job. I, I, but I'm also more of a cautious person. You know, like you're you're going out there and you're cleaning. You're you're out there working every day, so I know that you have a bit of a different mindset. But to me, I mean, I'm like. I'm Let's still it, it it makes me nervous. I'm just doing what I have to do to make money, you know. Uh and I you know, I mentally wrap my mind around it maybe a little differently than you did. That's so funny. This is I'm just hearing you pee. <laughs> I'm sorry, you look down at your dick. I was just, I was like, I'm so ridiculous. By the way, we're also on FaceTime for the listeners out there. So I'm looking at his at his face <laughs> while I'm hearing this thick stream. 
So, and I'm trying to have like a normal conversation with you. I'm, come I'm, on, I'm, come I'm on. in the bathroom with you. I might as well be crossing the streams with you right now. See, and and we wouldn't have been able to do this without coronavirus. Without coronavirus, bro, we never would have been able to do this. What were we even talking about? Um, you're. I I feel like you have more of a relaxed. Uh, yes, sort of- but I, I'm I'm definitely very cautious and very nervous about it all. Like I'm not out there trying to shake hands with anybody or get in anybody's face. You know, I'm just trying to do what I can. I'm just trying to provide for myself in the best way that I can that makes me feel uh, competent, necessary, useful, uh, and brings in money. Um, now what are you doing? What the fuck is going on now? I'm, I'm washing my hands. This is a way less exciting view. Well, yeah, I'm not going to wash my hands with, with the phone in my hand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, what it sounds to me is like part of what you're doing and correct me if I'm wrong is, is kind of like preserving your mental stability and sort of your, it's also kind of like a, a coping mechanism is like, if you keep, put your head down and work, yeah, that it's easier to cope with what's going on. And, and, it, you know, it gives me strength, you know, cause right now I feel like the country's in a fight and, uh, I, 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 I want to feel like I'm in the fight and, um, and there's there's a lot of things that I'm doing to try and there, there's a lot of things that I do throughout my day that have nothing to do with even going to work that that try to get me in that position. Um, and it's just a mental games that I play with myself. And one of them is I want to go to work, which is it's hey, I'm not saying it's not scary. It's definitely scary. You know, there's there's there are points throughout the day where you definitely <clears throat> where you start thinking about it and the anxiety can get to you a little bit. But then yeah. you you, you yeah. really just gotta play dumb, and, you, and honestly, what I've been doing is uh, playing dumb, uh, occupying my mind with uh, things I want to accomplish and things I want to do in the future, planning for those things to do in the future uh, mm-hmm. while, while I'm at work. But I've been listening to a lot of self help books uh, on Audible, and um, uh, a lot of books on uh, like how how to how to how to deal with fear, anxiety, how to deal with uh, you know just becoming a stronger human being and um that's been helping me a lot too and uh that's that's been giving me a lot of a lot of reasons to again to this is just me to uh live and feel and be as strong as i as as i can um does does that make sense is that everything yeah oh 100 percent. yeah no right on man i'm I think that that's that's great. I, I've noticed that one of one of the great things about you, Tony, is like you're really good at uh, um, being proactive in learning and researching and like uh, and doing what you need to do to to better yourself or, or or make things better for yourself or people around you. And that like like you read, you are very you're like you know what this thing is going on with me. I'm going to read this book to try to help myself. You know, yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of you know, I mean, I I'm not as good at that. So I well, I've I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say I'm I'm. It's a thing I'm good at. It's a thing I I just I just learn to, you know, like you said. I think you even threw out there a coping mechanism. It's just what I. It's just I know what makes me feel better. I want to do it because it makes me feel better. And if I didn't do it, I would I would feel worse. You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> wow. it's, it's just that simple. It's not about being good at anything, honestly. It's the, I had the same struggles, like I said, with uh, you know, I'm not. I wouldn't say the like like you said. I have a much more relaxed view on it. It's like I don't know if it's more relaxed, you know, because the, the anxieties are still there and the fears are still there. I'm just trying to cope with them in a way that, again, when I look in the mirror for me personally, that I can say I did my best in this situation and I did it in this way. Um, yeah, yeah, and no, I hear you. That, and that's strictly for me personally. Um, yeah. And cause this is one of the things I was saying in the podcast is there's a whole bunch of ways. There's a whole bunch of ways to handle this. There's no right or wrong way, but I know the way that at least filling my day is making me feel better. And I hope the people out there fill their day to the best of their abilities because doing nothing, even if you, even if you're staying home and not working, which is a good thing, it's a good thing to stay home while it's, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're trying to, to minimize uh, the spread of the virus. So even mm-hmm. if you're staying home, you don't have a job right now. You know, God bless you. I hope you get a job in the future. I know, I know that's hard, but fill your day anyways. You know, uh, work out. You know, or uh, you know, make make plans for the future. Do the things that you told yourself you always wanted to do, but always put them put them aside because uh, now is a good time to start doing those. And if that helps you. Which I know that will, to be honest, to be honest with you, um, it'll reduce your anxiety and your stress from this situation, and it'll keep your mind busy. I mean, that I yeah, I think that that is true for some people. I also have experienced for myself a decent amount of like that same mindset, like that mindset entered my mind in the very beginning. Yeah. And, and it's, it's been hard it's for me to, yeah. moti- to motivate sometimes. And yeah. there's been some, there's been a lot of days actually where like, instead of like, you know what I'm going to do is start writing that thing I was going <laughs> to do or like, yeah. you know what, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to start sculpture, you know, like yeah. that. Yeah, that, that would be great. It fades, right? That, definitely do it. But it's sometimes you know, it's, there's a lot of stress. There's a lot, a lot of anxiety. And like um, there's a uh, there's an onion article that I saw that I thought was really good that that has to do with this where it's like, man, man wonders why uh, he thought that the most psychologically uh, difficult situation of his life would be the thing to make him the most productive. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's like, it's like, yeah, on paper, this is a great time, you know? And I also saw that quote going around a whole bunch where uh, I, I saw one Dane date, my, my brother-in-law Dane did something similar to that. Yeah. I'll keep going. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Oh no, no. But like, like I, I, in the beginning of the quarantine, I saw a bunch of people posting like Shakespeare wrote King Lear during the, uh, you know, <laughs> when he was quarantined and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do all the things we weren't. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, you know? totally, like, yeah. King Lear, I'm gonna write. Now we have the time, and it's like, yeah. and then I'll wake up and be like, or I'll watch another episode of The Sopranos, and I'm gonna <laughs> be okay with that. Yeah, well, hey, listen, man, there's that shit too. I mean, that's 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 also part. I mean, hey, man, that's part of it. That's part of it too, man. That's part of it too. And uh, oh yeah, and, and that to and, each, no, to each their own, right? And if that own, helps, you, that, if that helps get you through it. That's good too, man. Like it's uh, um, it would, it's definitely hard. Like I said, like well, you weren't here for that, but I was saying to the like to everybody in the podcast world, it's like this is the past week and a half. It's I've I've finally gotten tired because of the of the amount of uh, 
the importance that I put on my daily schedule <clears throat> and it's finally starting to weigh on me and I'm, I'm going to have to start making some changes just because I have other mm-hmm. things I need to add and I need mm-hmm. to not be so rigid on, on the way I schedule things. Um, but it was hard. It was hard to uh, hold things on yourself before this happened. And there's no reason mm-hmm. why it wasn't going to be hard now. Um, I, 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 it is hard because, you know, fucking uh, Sopranos gets in the way for me too or, or something else. It's so funny that Sopranos <laughs> for you or, or something else on TV. The switch get, w- wants to get in the way. That's a piece of me, oh, that, yeah. you know, all, all, all that oh, stuff. Yeah. But, you know, putting these things on myself before was hard. But I knew it, it would make me feel better if I did these things. Um, and it's, it's no different now. It's just uh, I, I've given myself the importance of it has went up because, you know, we're not here forever in my mind. And, and I want to be able to say that I did, I did these things and gave it my best shot. Um, oh, yeah, dude. That's uh, great. I love that. But, uh, I love that. But for, for the, the motivation thing, man, it's definitely something. It's definitely something. And, uh, that it's always hard to find that motivation. And it's, it's another reason why I recommend the self-help books, man, is, uh, because it's not only is it therapeutic, uh, but it's, uh, it keeps you focused on goals, you know, and it keeps your mind Mm -hmm. in that positive feedback loop of, of like, yes, yes, get it, get it, get it, get it, get after it. Um, I do, I, I recommend those and, uh, or, and if I didn't have them, to be honest with you. The switch would win, ninety nine times out of a hundred, because <laughs> I fucking love that fucking thing, man. I was playing Doom Eternal in my free time. Oh, Trevor was giving a game. Oh, oh no, wait, I wasn't playing Doom Eternal. I was playing uh, twenty sixteen Doom in preparation for Doom Eternal. Oh, of course, yeah. You gotta you Dude. gotta go back and rewatch the last season. Yeah. So good, so good, so fucking good. Uh, I love it. I love video games. I love the Switch. Now we got yeah. Mario. Now we got Mario Kart, and Jackie plays Mario Kart all the time. Oh man! See, Seder has a Switch. I haven't played Mario Kart once, dude. It's just like listen. It's just a better version of Mario sixty four. It's all it is. Like not much has changed. It's just it's just fun to race your friends and race people from Japan and fucking like because you could. <laughs> this is the this is the first system I've owned since the GameCube. I didn't know if you knew this or not. You can race people throughout the entire world. No. Yes. That's oh exactly right. God. <laughs> well, that's probably that's that's probably how we got the virus. To be honest with you, from racing people on Mario Kart. Yeah, for international people. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. those Italians. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm just kidding, everyone. I, I forgot I was on a podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm satirizing ignorant people that I dislike. Oh man, you know, no, you're just putting down all the people that have that have suffered from this virus, and yeah, yeah. Uh, hashtag fake virus. Fake virus. Hashtag fake virus. Um, Yo, no, that, listen, I'm not trying to cause any waves. Like, I get the people that want to go back to work. Obviously, I'm working right now. I definitely get the, their side of it. And I get the people that want the state to open back up again because we get it. The economy is suffering. And just to be objective and so that everybody out there knows that there is a gray area and that I don't really land on either side of the fence of this, uh, a suffering economy 
like the Great Depression, will kill millions of people. The virus will also kill millions of people. So we are stuck in between a rock and a hard place. And it sucks. And it fucking sucks. Um, <clears throat> what was the point I was going to make on this? What were we talking about? I felt like you were pandering to a group of people. Uh... Uh, oh, no. Yeah, so this woman, there's this, this woman in Michigan, she was complaining to the news because the roots on her hair were starting to show. <laughs> Okay. okay. <laughs> that is so. <clears throat> that what? is so. What, what I'm saying is, is that even though this is hard, and that it's a lot of gray area, and the cho- and the cho- all the choices suck, don't be the fucking chahooch who is complaining <laughs> about the roots and their fucking hair showing because you can't go get your dye job on because there's literally a fucking worldwide pandemic that makes you. And your city and your town look awful. Look fucking awful. Yeah. No, there's there's uh, there's a lot of darkness going on out there and a lot of ignorance. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm like That's the thing you're complaining to... about? It's fucking the fucking roots in your hair? It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I don't – the thing you said about, like – you know the the virus can kill millions of people, and a and a depression can kill millions of people. So we're in a rock and a hard place. I mean, yeah, we're kind of in a rock and a hard place. But like, oh my god, did you cut yourself? No, bro. I'm fl- I have. A, I've been going to a chiropractor uh, because I've I've had such horrible neck pain because like I can't. Oh, those are bandages. I was like, holy yeah. shit, Tony, what are you showing me right now? They put those athletic band. She put those athletic bandages on me. Okay. Uh, okay. Trust, and I'm wearing a mask and gloves, and she. So is she when, when I'm in there. So everybody knows. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've had, <laughs> you were making fun of me. I know. You went to get your hair done. I know. I know. Uh, but you know, it's medical. They're they're allowed to be open. Um. So, uh, but uh, I uh, I, I was having horrible neck pain. Um. And it's it was just bugging the shit out of me. Just old injuries that I've let I've let go on for way too long. And she's been working on it, and it's been helping, man. It's been helping a lot. And everything, she says, my whole left side hurts, right? She says it all has to do with your shoulder. All of it does. Just the way you stand it just and, and the way you, that you, you've been going through life has been different. You broke your collarbone twice. You've had a torn labrum for most of your adult life. Uh, well, for, fuck, for the majority of my life, I really, to be honest with you. Um, I'm just, and so she was just like, we just got to get you lined up. And after the first session, uh, I noticed the difference after the first session and I've only had Damn. two sessions so far. Um, okay. so for all of you out there that are kind of on the fence about going to see a chiropractor, I was one of those people, uh, and it helped me out. I know that there's a lot of controversy with it and, you know, uh, chiropractology, I guess came from a phony, I guess. Did you hear about this? I've no, I've known I've known about the the controversy that is you know chiropractor yeah. chiropractic chiropractorology chiropractorology God it sounds I like something that, that has to do with, weird. it sounds like it something that has to do with buttholes when I when I say it like that oh, chiropractology oh yes I see yeah chiropractology see. yeah 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 no uh, buttholes for <laughs> sure. Um, but I, you know, I went to a chiropractor for a little while. Yeah, for your uh, your lower back. Yeah, I was having some back issues, and and 
I, I really, I honestly, I was not sold. I, I wasn't there for very long before, you know, the best thing that's ever, when I've, I've had multiple back problems, as you know, nothing ever major, severe, no sure. surgery, nothing like I've been lucky, but, um, honestly, muscle relaxers. And I think specifically cyclobenzaprine, which is what I was prescribed that did that. And ibuprofen did more for me than the chiropractor ever did for me. Uh, what about, uh, massages? You know, I'm not much of a massage person. I got one massage when I was at the chiropractor and it, it, it loosened me up a little bit, but I'm also, uh, this is not the easiest thing to admit, but I'm a little bit ticklish. You get boners um, when they touch you. No, no, it's not about my erections. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, my erections aside, it, it, it is difficult for me to relax when I'm massaged because ah. I te- my natural inclination is to tense up. Interesting. Like, so sometimes I'll if somebody gives them somebody starts to give me a massage and I'll be like it is the same or worse than when it started it's it's did a you, deficiency I have did you, <laughs> it's a deficiency I would be so hard on yourself uh, the uh, like uh, I would try a sauna maybe uh, that loosens up the muscles in the back uh, I was doing that for a while that was fun uh, when I, when you could go to gyms uh, oh I, back way back when that way back when. But, uh, uh, yeah, saunas and, and, and massages. I, I love a massage, man. I haven't gotten a massage in seven years, though. People rave about massages. I, I mean, I get it. I nothing against them. It's like bananas. I know bananas are great. I just don't do them. Did you ever go to go – to, wait, you don't eat bananas? No, I sure don't. Yeah, that's a shame. I, I know. I, chop, I, I, I agree. I chop them up. I put them in my cereal. Uh, they're, they're, they're a near-perfect – food they're nearly a perfect food and i just happen to not like them it's it's a shame uh do you think putting water on your cereal is weird yes i do jackie well, jackie know, called me a sociopath well you know she knows you better than most yeah yeah she does well, why why did you have the option of of other liquids and you chose water well what other liquids milk is probably number one i'd say <laughs> Well, that's the only other one I know of. What do you do? You put other liquids? I was just I was just offering other. You know. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, I was kind of curious, like if I could do more now. Uh, well, there's different. There's also different milk. I could see someone who's oh, a big like soy fan milk, lactose intolerant. Yeah, almond milk, soy milk, oat milk. So we had two percent lactose free milk. Okay. And I realized several years ago in college. That it didn't matter if it was milk or not. It just mattered if it was cold. And mm. not putting the milk on it kind of, I thought, one day saved me from a little unnecessary gas. And so I just started putting water on it. And I was <laughs> like, I enjoy this just as much. You know? Yeah. I mean, I could, I could honestly, that's not a too I get much it's of a weird. stretch for me. I get it's I, weird. I would prefer milk, but. Honestly, like with the amount of sugar that's in cereal in general, like yeah, sugar milk versus sugar water. I mean, you know, the viscosity is different, sure, and the flavor is a little different. But I could, I could see, I could see water. You're also, you know what, Tony? No offense, but <laughs> what? I still even finish what? <laughs> No, no, no! It's not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> sure, right, right, right. What? Uh, what is it? 
I it doesn't surprise me all that much that you eat cereal with water. This is the first I've heard of it, but it doesn't it doesn't come as too much of a shock to me. Why? Because I just want to be so different than everybody else. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not that. It's not that. It's you know. It's just that, that I'm so that unique. Kinda, that's in keeping. It's in keeping with your your personality. You know the quirks and the yeah the uniqueness of your of your personality. So <laughs> you know, I say by all means, eat your cereal however you want to eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, what else were we talking about? Uh, I guess that's it. There was something on the NBA I wanted to fucking touch on one last time, and I can't remember what it, what it was. Uh, by all means. <sighs> hmm. I really can't remember what, remember what it was. Fuck. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's it's looking like this. This season will never end. Um, I. I I mean I don't know I guess if if the NFL is coming back in September, then there is a world where they either play a small portion of the remainder of this of the 2020 regular season. Well, I guess it's technically the 2019 into 2020 regular season. Yeah, and then they get do the playoffs, or they just or they just jump straight to the playoffs. Either well, way, what about it's this an asterisk? What oh, totally? But but what about this? Yeah, it's an asterisk no matter what. I'm going to say some things. You tell me. <laughs> you you uh, politely interrupt when when you think of something logistically that needs to be answered before they can do it. Okay. Um, the NBA. Let's try and think of the reasons why uh, it can't come back. If they have the enough testing and antibody testing... Mm-hmm. And they take their private planes, the team's planes, right? Yeah. And they don't play in front of an audience. And they self-isolate with just their immediate family. It does seem feasible. Now, are we – I mean, or is that taking too much of a risk in some people's minds? Uh. I think that that is feasible. I think that that is an, uh, the, the most clear-cut option that they are exploring. Um, honestly, I think something that's more feasible that I've been hearing about is finding an isolated location where instead of, there's, instead of traveling in between the cities, because if the, if, the, if, the, if the fans aren't going to be there anyways, then it doesn't matter where they play. So if you're going to go into a full isolation mode where all the players are isolated for two weeks, the staff, the coaches, you know, you know, um, necessary personnel, yeah. you know, essential, essential personnel are all there and then they isolate and then they're just, you know, in this, in this space together. Two, two things that I've heard so far. One is um, Disney World has actually been – Nice. Propose as a location nice. for the NBA to so Fucking like they, smart. they would have they would have a few different courts and then they would just the players would all just be there everybody would just be there fucking um, smart and honestly it when I thought of that I was like you put two three five documentary crews in there too that like oh you're dude getting, you're making you give money all access you produced you know, by Disney. Like 
Right. There's tons and tons of opportunities. The other thing I heard is just like more simple and it's, it's less specific, but it's like just like on a, a soundstage, you know, like you, any, or like in a studio, you know, like all these places, like a basketball court isn't that big. No, you it's know? not. You can, you can put a regulation basketball court in a lot of different places. Yeah. So basically what they need to, you know, they're, they're, all they need to do is, 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 you know, sort of readjust what they're focused on. And obviously that is broadcasting cameras, mm. sound, you know, like the NBA has already been messing around with VR, you know, like they, this is an opportunity for them to explore and expand into areas that they would not normally be able to do because they don't have the burden of the fan base. I and think so too. The, the locations that they're playing in. There's also like just even more simplistically, sound like when we watch a game on tv we hear sound and sometimes we hear guys yelling and sometimes we can hear a little thing here and there but imagine like Miking what, everybody what, on the team right and but even, you don't even have to mic the guys because if they're in a room with just coaches bench players and, and medical, medical staff you can hear what lebron james is saying to chris paul you know you can hear and it could be on like, a it could be on a 10 to 15 second delay so in case they're dropping some harsh words. <laughs> harsh words. Well, you know there's going to be a lot of cursing. There's 100%. tons of cursing. And so that's definitely something Significantly that less now that but... Kevin Garnett has retired, though. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the joke, but... I know, because he was one of the biggest trash talkers of all time. Um, yeah, KG, Hall of Fame, Hondo. Hall of um, Fame trash talker, too. But, yeah, so I, I, like, I do think that there are lots of opportunities and I hope that they explore them. It is, it will require a lot of sacrifice that, you know, I mean, let's be real. There are a lot of NBA players that are not only millionaires, but they have huge egos. They mm -hmm. have huge desires and needs and to get everyone to, cause I feel like there's no, there's no way that you can get them to commit. They also, a ton of them have, have families that they, you know, <laughs> they want to see, they want to be around. Yeah. So like the sacrifice required from not only the players, the coaches and the staff. I like the Disney order... thing. Well, right. But even to do that, even to do that, then it's like, okay, well, how many, what's the maximum amount of people? Because then if your every... immediate family, your wife and your kids, right? Exactly. Then if you could do that, then that's, you know, then you might be talking about something that's pretty interesting. And not only would it be uh, interesting for people who follow NBA, but also like a human experiment and yeah. like a fast, a fascinating exploration of like, you know, uh, basically a bubble city. I think it's important to try for at least some of the sports to try not for, well, I guess. Yeah, sure. The economy, right. It'll not for the jobs. It, it's not for the, I don't, I don't personally care. I do care about these companies making money. You know, I want our economy to succeed, but that's not the reason why anybody wants the sports to come back. The reason why they want the sports to come back is because what it would do for morale of several countries. Like if the NBA came back and they came back in a safe, in a smart, safe way, um, <clears throat> it would do. Oh. It would do so much for several countries, the morale of several countries throughout the world. Oh know? yeah. Uh, for sure. Just being able I mean, to watch sports again, big time sports. Yeah. And and when we're talking about like like, I mean, it was last week that I heard that the Last Dance surpassed the Tiger King in 
uh, most most popular documentary or most viewed documentary. Right. Um, ESPN and, Plus sucks though. That's the worst app. Well, right, but that I mean that goes and even that even goes farther to explain how big of a deal it is that when people are quarantining and isolating, obviously the TV becomes you know something oh, yeah. that they focus on more. So like mm-hmm. whatever revenue is being lost, and it is a lot of revenue being lost by not having fans being able to come into the stadiums. Yeah, if if they can arrange with Disney or whoever it is to figure out a broadcast deal that can make it so that the owners of the franchises are being taken care of, even if it's at a lower rate, and that then they don't have to, you know, sacrifice the pay of the coaches and the players and the staff. Yes. Then we start to talk about a financial situation that makes all this worth it. And yes. then once once the money is right, like yes, morale getting higher is hundred percent true and it would do uh, wonders for the regular population, but let's be honest the billionaire owners of the teams and the people who run the organization that is the the NBA they're worried about their bottom line i think i day. think less so, i think oh. i th- i think that's less i think that's that's true but i think there's a lot of owners out there who uh who would think that they're doing it for their country and and for their their fellow man their, their fellow citizens like i i think a guy like mark cuban i think there i think there's several owners out there who would be like you know i'd take a slight loss in order to finish the season and and to be able to give it to the fans. And I think that's also a PR move too, no? Yes. I think it's less of I'll take a slight loss. It's more of I'll get what I can. Um, Smart. And, yeah. And, 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 yeah, like, of course, they're, they're going to get what they can, but, like, it, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't believe that it's a, you know, a yes, for some owners, sure. That's probably true, but the the nobility that you're describing, I, I think is less. Is, you you think it's less? Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a fraction. I mean, maybe I'm bitter, but I think that's a smaller percentage than like whatever they are going to do to look out for their business. Um, but I I think that either way, like you know, in on the, on the same token, it is what is best for their business is whatever means that the players start playing again, regardless. You yeah. know. So, like holding out on a on a situation where you're where you're only getting a TV deal and not fans coming through the gate, yeah, like doesn't make sense. It's like no, take what you can get because right now everybody's just bleeding. Um, hey buddy, I have a question for you. Yeah, what the fuck happened to Skype? Why is Zoom so popular, not Skype? Oh man, I had the same thought. I had the same thought. I was like formulating a joke in my head like weeks ago. I was like. Man, Zoom is really making. I mean, making Skype. It's it's yeah. No, you, you know, know. Yeah, I get it. it, it I I wonder the same thing. I'm like, who owns Skype or who owned Skype? You know, like what? It, What's wrong you know, with Skype? I don't know. I don't. You know, it just kind of disappeared. I didn't use it very much, but I it was the household name of video chat. I never. I and never used it. I've never used it once. But I've used Zoom I've used now Zoom way more times. than everything. Well, I will say I have – I use – I downloaded about a year ago for something for my work where I needed to like share my screen and, and talk to somebody because I work remotely. So Zoom has been around but obviously like never on the magnitude of that it is now. But yeah, Zoom really – Zoom to the top um, and I'm sh- – I bet you I – was, I was talking to – I know. I know. Hold on. Well, hey. Um, it's we're at two hours and four minutes. 
So uh, we got to wrap it up. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hey, man, you're the boss. All hey, right. no, I didn't realize how late it was. Uh, uh, yeah, we got. Oh man, we got to wrap it up. Okay, I got to call. Uh, shit. Yeah, finish your thought. No, no. Let's let's just go ahead and call it, buddy. No, 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 no. Finish your thought. Uh, Zoom is popular. <laughs> Dude, I just looked. I thought it was like nine thirty. It's ten thirty. Oh my god! Oh wow! Yeah, no, that, that we've been on here for a while, I guess. Okay. Well, hey, I'm sorry I interrupted you at the very end there. Uh, I just got to get to bed, or I'm going to oh, be a, no, no, a mess was, tomorrow. Just cut out all the things where I sounded uh, boring and dumb. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's not possible. All right. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, buddy, it was it was a fantastic conversation. That's why it flew by. Yeah, no, it's also just, it's good to see you. It's good to talk to you, man. I miss you, buddy. I do. I, I do, too. I love you, man. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, man. Peace, Take brother. Care. Bye. Okay. Uh, okay, I just got Zach on the phone, everybody. Uh, we're just going to uh, sign off at this incredibly long podcast. Uh, he's laying there in bed half naked, it looks like. Uh, <laughs> so I was waiting for you to say something. So, uh Hey, uh, it's your co-host here at the end there, Zach Finch. Uh, Zach, you want to say it? Yeah, don't work too hard. But don't stop working. Peace, everybody. Later, Zach.